If you're healthy, fit and strong, is it easier to be happy? If you're healthy, fit and strong, does your brain work better? If you're healthy, fit and strong, is your life more amazing? If you're healthy, fit and strong, what happens? What a great question. Is it possible that your hair, your skin, your nails, your bones, your teeth, your eyes all look better? Is it possible that your body looks better? Is it possible that you are less likely to get sick, diseases, germs, bugs, viruses, the horrible killer diseases in the world? Is it more likely that you'll have a happy, healthy brain that works? effectively. Exercise is pretty bloody amazing, isn't it? However, why is it that most of the world doesn't exercise? And even if they do, they don't really love it. They just do it because they're scared of getting fat or I have to do it because I've got to stay healthy rather than I love it. I want to do it every day because it makes me feel so good. Is it possible that exercise has become a chore. It's boring. I don't want to do it because it takes so long. And I've got a really interesting question based on something that happened today. I had an electrician come to my house to install an outdoor light and he needed to be paid by the hour. And part of his job was to take a whole heap of panels off the wall and he did that with an electric drill screwdriver. So it went and all these panels came off, the screws came off easy. When he put them back, he and it was a really quick job. If I had to do that with a screwdriver, it would have taken a really long time. And if he had to do it with a screwdriver, I would have had to pay him a lot more money because it would have taken him a really long time. As an exercise professional, should we be considering how long it takes for people to exercise how long it takes for them to get a result and are we re- or should we be responsible for giving people the best result in the shortest period of time and i think again based on the numbers in the world where most people don't want to exercise the biggest excuse that people use for not exercising is time uh, and the anatomy and physiology of exercise shares pretty conclusively that the shorter the exercise, the harder the exercise, as in the, the, when you go short, you can go hard. You can't go long and hard. It's just not possible. Once you start going long, you start pacing yourself. But so many exercise programs are based on 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, some even longer, and even short ones for 15 minutes, 10 minutes, even five minutes. You can't push really hard for five minutes. Your body's just not capable of doing that. The 100% effort system, the phosphate system, where you can put in 100% effort, that's only 10 seconds. So why is it that we give people such long exercise programs when the 100% effort gives you a 100% result and that that is a 10-second system? And the reason I ask that question now every single day, and one of my new favorite expressions is let's get people phosphate fit, which means 100% fit. Because in the phosphate system, you can work at 100% effort. In the phosphate system, you have to lift heavy because the amount of times you're going to lift something is going to be not very many, so your risk of injury is low. It's a short period of time, but it has to be heavy because if you're not going to lift it very many, very many times, the, the weight that you lift has to be heavy. And when you now add that, or that correlates with to get fit, you've got to get puffed. To get strong, you've got to lift heavy. Uh, that's all phosphate fit, phosphate strong, 10 seconds. So I'm, I'm going to keep asking this question because if you are an exercise professional, If you're a coach, if you want people to be fit and strong with all those amazing benefits of being fit and strong, 
why do we give people an exercise program in an energy system that you can't work at 100% in? If you are working long, you're now working aerobically. So yes, you can go for a very long time and you might even feel tired to go for a very long time, but is or has that got something to do with being bored? Uh, if you know that you've got to go for an hour, you have to pace yourself. You can't go out hard because you know that you've got to maintain that for a really long time. And I'll, put, I'll take that even further, put it a bit differently. For somebody that's very overweight and very unfit, so a combination of two, is it possible that they can't exercise for 10, 15, 20 minutes? And if you tell them, oh, you only have to do 10 minutes, please consider what it would be like if you were a really big, heavy person and you were really unfit, how difficult it would be just to, just to even walk for 10 minutes. The beautiful thing is that we've got anatomy and physiology on our side. Isn't that exciting? If you work really hard, you put in 100% intense effort, you can only do that for 10 seconds. And as you get fitter, you recover quickly. So you could go again if you want to. But for very overweight people or very unfit people or a combination of both, what if just several times throughout the day they put in 100% effort and then obviously they're going to get their breath back over two, three, four hours, do it again. 100% effort, do it again, 100% effort. But it's only 10 seconds. It's not an exit. You can't even call that an exercise program, really, because 10 seconds is gone. But interestingly, the example, as I always share, is the top or fastest athletes in the world, the, the running races in the world where people have to put in the hardest effort is a 100-meter sprint at the Olympic Games, at the World Championships, and those guys are running just under 10 seconds because that's the 100% effort system. Every race after that, you're pacing yourself because you know that after 10 seconds, you have to change energy systems. It's a different headspace. So I'm, I'm, sometimes I get to the point where I beg, and there's a reason for that because I live in the world the same as you do, where there are so many overweight children, so many sick diseased, unhealthy children. Uh, I don't know that I can do much with the adults anymore. I've been an exercise professional all of my life, 40 plus years, and I've been talking short, safe, fast, effective exercise for most of my career. When I learnt my anatomy and physiology, of course, it all made sense. Why would I exercise somebody for long when they've got to pace themselves and they're not going to get the best result? Uh, but it seems that adults, who can all choose for themselves, uh, choosing the second best exercise that takes a long time where you pace yourself, they're happy to use the slow screwdriver. They're happy to do the manual screwdriver, even though there is a fast, effective way with a drill to get that screw out of the wall really fast. There's a really fast, effective way to get your body fit and, and to get your body strong. And I wonder why adults don't want to use it, but that's okay. What concerns me is that we've got children who have never exercised, they've never been fit, they've never been healthy because they live in, a, in an environment where either the people in their life don't exercise at all because it's too long and boring or the people in their life exercise for a long time and they go to an hour's class or they run for an hour or they do 45 minutes or 30 minutes. And for an unhealthy, overweight kid, it's too long. They just can't do it. And nobody wants to be set up for failure, do they? If you tell somebody you have to do this and they can't do it, when are they likely to give it another go? I tried that. It was really hard. I got sweaty. I got tired. I got bored. I hated it. 
when is a child likely to give that another go? Now, I would love for all of our kids to be born and start exercising and stay healthy for the rest of their life. And I always use the example, when do we get kids to start brushing their teeth as soon as they've got teeth? We don't tell kids to brush their teeth for an hour or half an hour, even 20 minutes. The dentists seem to have got it, brush your teeth for a couple of minutes every day, and you will maintain a healthy set of teeth. Well, exercise is even shorter than that. Now, if you're a person who loves to exercise for longer, I'm still going to ask this question. First of all, will there ever come a time perhaps where you don't have a long time to exercise? When you're busy, when you're stressed, when you've got children, when your job takes over and you don't have an hour to exercise, wouldn't it be nice if you could get the best result in the shortest period of time and it was only 10 seconds at a time? The next question though is even if you love to exercise for one hour or two hours or 50 minutes or 30 minutes or 20 minutes or five minutes, however long you've got, wouldn't it still be a better idea to put your body under 100% effort, put in 100% intense activity for 10 seconds, get your breath back, go again, get your breath back, go again. And that's what fit people do. Because when you're really fit, you can go really hard, you do your your 100% effort in 10 seconds, you recover very quickly, and you can go again at 100% effort. But there's a really important question there. Why would you go before you've fully recovered? And at Max, we use this fantastic analogy. Uh, When you go to the bathroom, and I'm I'm sure we've all experienced this, but just come with me on on the journey. You go to the bathroom and you do a number two. And you press the button and you would like the number two to get flushed away. Yes, that would be awesome. But have you ever had the experience, We most, I'm sure we most have, where you press the button and the number two didn't go away. There was still a bit floating in the toilet. And now you've got to wait for the toilet to fully recover, refill, before you can press the button again. Now, most people don't do that. They press, keep pressing and hope that that number two is going to go away. But when is the logical time to press the button again. When the cistern's filled up and you can press the button and it will be full water pressure again. Well, the human body is exactly the same and that's why I love the analogy. Why would you go again until you're fully recovered? Because if you're gonna put in 100% effort but you're not fully recovered, you won't be able to put in 100% effort. And that goes for both huffy puffy exercise, fitness exercise, and strength. Now, fitness, you can recover pretty quickly. The phosphate system, you're fully recovered within two minutes. You can go again really hard, put in 100% effort. But muscles are different because when you put in 100% effort with muscles, you actually break down muscle fiber. You go into a catabolic state, break down muscle fiber. That catabolic just means break down, as you know. Uh, Now I've got to recover from that workout. My muscles have to regenerate from that workout and then they have to super compensate. So they have to get stronger. And that's the beautiful thing that the human body does. If you put it under pressure, okay, I've got to get fitter for next time. I've got to get stronger for next time. So if you lift something heavy, you lift as heavy as you can, use as many muscles as you can at the same time, then you let your body recover from the workout, regenerate from the exercise that it's done, and then supercompensate. Supercompensate is where you get stronger. Now you go anabolic, stronger, bigger. Now that's beautiful because it's easy to measure. People say, how often should I exercise? Strength training, lifting heavy stuff to be a strong human being. When do you go again? When you can lift heavier. Not more times, not different exercises. Think about the logic of this. If I've used every single muscle in my body, I have to recover, regenerate, supercompensate. When I have supercompensated, I'll be able to lift heavier. 
if you're going back to the gym, if you're going to lift something heavy and you can't lift heavier than last time, then you obviously haven't got stronger. You're the same strength that you were last time. So you might have recovered and regenerated, but you haven't super compensated. And I think that's a really important thing that perhaps exercise professionals have never learned or they've forgotten, which is the super compensation process. That's like the ABC of anatomy and physiology. I have to super compensate to get fitter and stronger. Now, the really important part of that, of course, is if I'm really strong, then I can push harder when I do my 100% phosphate effort. If I'm weak and frail and my muscles and bones are tired and my joints are worn out and I've overtrained in the gym or I've overtrained by lifting heavy or I've busted my joints from doing stupid exercises, I can't then go and sprint really hard. I can't push my heart and lungs really hard. I need a strong body to do that. So they both work together. If you want to be really fit, you've got to overload your heart and lungs so you've got to puff. If you want to be really strong, you've got to overload every muscle and bone in your body. They all work together, which is another really interesting thing about wasting people's time. Why do we give people an exercise program that breaks the body up into many multiple muscle groups or all different pieces? Let's do chest one day and back one day and length the next day. The human body has always worked together. Everything we do, we work to, it works together simply because it's fired by the central nervous system and the endocrine system. Isn't that exciting? I keep saying that because it blows my mind how simple all of this can be. Pick an exercise, one, two, maximum three. That's all you need to work every single muscle and, and ligament, tendon, joint, bone in your body. Keep going till you can't do any more so that you get a massive... Uh, firing up of the endocrine system and the central nervous system because that's where the strength and and power and and even endurance comes from. It's from let's put in the big effort that we possibly can to get fit heart and lungs. We get fit muscles and bones. And then if I want to do an endurance event, I've got the mental toughness to be able to do it. And I share that with you because I have run 21 marathons, 17 half marathons. A lot of those were long, slow plod jog training and it was boring and it hurt and I busted my joints and got sore feet and got sore knees until I started really really studying what what kind of fitness do I have to have to be able to run 42.2 kilometers. And ultimately, if your body's at peak fitness and your body's at peak strength, so all your joints are really strong, is it possible that the rest of that's mental toughness? And uh, again, this is just a personal story. But when I started doing interval sprint training of no more than 20 minutes, so get puffed, get your breath back, get puffed, get your breath back, I'd do that for 20 minutes, but really high intense puffing <gasps> kind of puffing. And then the strongest I've ever been, so I aim to lift as heavy as possible, use as many muscles at the same time to fire the endocrine system and the central nervous system, that's when I did my best marathon times. Now, I'm not built for a marathon runner. I'm not going to break any world records for marathon running. But it was really interesting that the less exercise I did, the more intense the exercise, the stronger I got, the faster I could run an endurance race. So... Perhaps there's some things to consider there. If you are an exercise professional and you really want people to get the best results possible, would you give them a really long, boring exercise program or a short one? Would you give them an exercise program that screws up their joints and gives them overuse injury because you're giving them lots and lots to do? Or would you give them a safe, effective exercise that doesn't put pressure through the joint, even if it's a safe exercise, even if it's contraction and uh, sorry, traction forces and compression forces? which is safe, if you keep doing them over and over and over and over, you'll bust people's joints, you'll wear them out just because it's an overuse injury. 
And that's the beautiful thing about the phosphate system. Very difficult to overuse anything if you're only going for 10 seconds, whether it's puffing or lifting. So would it be, could you please consider that we don't use manual screwdrivers anymore? Not if, not if you're a professional electrician, not if you're a professional builder. You use a drill because it's quicker. You don't want to waste people's money. You don't want to waste your own time. And, and the people that are paying you by the hour, you don't want to be wasting their money. Is it possible that as exercise people, and we couldn't call ourselves professionals if we were wasting people's time, if we were giving them a second best exercise, and if we were giving them an unsafe exercise, wouldn't that be irresponsible? Wouldn't that be unprofessional? And I can't live with myself. If you understand how the human body works, if you really put the time, effort, and energy into understanding the difference between the phosphate, the lactate, and the aerobic system, if you really put the time and effort into understanding the central nervous system and the endocrine system, if you really put the time and effort into understanding what fires up the human body to get fit and strong, is it possible that we would get rid of the long, boring, monotonous waste of time exercises and programs and we would really focus on how do we get people really fit and strong and they are able to do that for the rest of their life because it's only a really short program. People say, Rowie, how much exercise do you do or how long do you exercise for? And my answer is always the same. I do the least amount of, of exercise possible in the shortest time frame possible. And I often have a joke because my strength training program is often done while I'm waiting for the washing machine to finish its spin cycle or the dryer to do its last couple of minutes because I can literally work every single muscle and bone in my body in a couple of minutes. Uh, then I've got no excuse not to be strong. I can't say I haven't got time to exercise because I can do my strength training program in a couple of minutes and my huffy puffy get really fit program is get really puffed takes 10 seconds several times throughout the day now the beautiful part of all of that is that when you're really fit and strong yes you feel good about yourself but the really important part of that is when you exercise for 10 seconds flat out now you've you've tapped into the fight and flight system you've tapped into the hormonal part of your body that says you you have to work really hard to survive this is the energy system that keeps you alive and if you stay alive, now we're going to reward you. And that's why when you do high intense activity, you have this massive rush of dopamine, serotonin, brain-derived neurotropic factor, endorphins, so that you've, your, your body says, thank you so much. You put me under intense effort. You made me work really hard. We survived that effort. We, we overcame the challenge. I'm going to make you feel fantastic now. Reward drug. Woohoo! And I'm going to make you fitter and stronger for next time you do that to me. That's because the human body hasn't evolved from being chased from animals. And if we were chased by a wild animal and we only just got away, congratulations, you're rewarded. Your brain fills up with dopamine. But next time you have to be smarter so that you can get away quicker. And that's where brain-derived neurotropic factor takes over, which is the fertilizer for your brain so that you get fitter and stronger and smarter and wiser for next time. So I'm in a, a very interesting situation. I'm an old lady. I've been an exercise professional for 40 plus years. I've been sharing, and it's not my stuff. Goodness gracious, this is anatomy and physiology. Surely as exercise professionals, I wouldn't have to beg people to learn their anatomy and physiology. But here we are 40 years later and people are still doing long, slow, boring exercise on the floor, on their knees, sitting down, all the positions that the human body doesn't work well in, and exercise programs that take a really long time. 
please consider that that might not be the most effective way to exercise. Please consider that it's time to put the screwdriver away and and get yourself an electric drill. Get yourself fit and strong fast. Now, I'm sure that you're doing that. But how do we inspire our kids to do that? How do we inspire perhaps other exercise people? Because I can't call them professionals. Uh, any gym that I go to, any personal training studio that I go to, any exercise class or facility that I go to, in this day and age, there's still people exercising on the floor, on their knees, sitting down, long, slow and boring. And I just think it's really sad when the, the, that's the slow screwdriver. Wouldn't it be nice if people knew that it, how simple it was to get fit and to get strong is to get puffed and lift heavy in the phosphate system, get phosphate strong, phosphate fit, and stay healthy, fit, and strong for long. Wouldn't that be awesome? Healthy, fit, and strong for long. Wouldn't that be awesome? I could, I could say that 100,000 times every day. Healthy, fit, and strong for long. Let's make sure that the information that we're sharing with people, that's exactly what we're giving them. My name's Rowie. I would love for you to live your life to the max. Thank you for coming to Row Max. I feel good. No, 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 no. I knew that I would now because I'm healthy, fit and strong and I do that in a really short period of time. Woohoo!